It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Ascension of the Chessmen, diving into the esoteric, occult, spiritual, and conspiratorial aspects of life, focused on solutions to the problems we face in our everyday lives. Let us ascend above all differences. Let us be the light in darkness, a breath of fresh air to those who can hardly breathe, and together, awaken into greatness. This is Ascension of the Chessmen with your host, Andre Mitty. Welcome to the Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. I'm your host, Andre Mitty. Today's guest is a natural health practitioner who specializes in nutrition response testing. Ladies and gentlemen, hobbits and fairies, give a warm welcome to Kristen Shorty. Thanks for coming back on, Kristen. I have been Hello. <laughs> the intro is always great. It always gets me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, also supporting oh, with the t-shirt that I just got. I so I'm super excited. Thank you. I did <laughs> wear it to the gym. Out. So here it. we are. Yes. Yeah. It's good to be here. It's good to see you again and do this again. I think I was on episode 27 and then now we have Joy with us, which is even yeah, cooler. Let me, so let me introduce Joy back on. Joy, say hello to the listeners. Uh, thanks for coming back on. Hello, everybody. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. Cool. cool. Um, so yeah, um, last time uh, we kind of went into... <laughs> A lot about the jabs, and uh, I think this time we'll try to focus on, um, you know, kind of more of your background and what you do specifically, which um, you did an awesome job, by the way, on just breaking down the history of, you know, all the damage that's been done in that industry and continuing to see it now. Um, So thank you for all your service in that regard. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was my first podcast and probably the best because it was right in the time of needing to share that information with as many yeah, people as we could. So thanks for having me. So bravo. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into nutrition response testing. Um, can you just kind of walk us through a typical session? Um, kind of what goes into that, how you start, and um, yeah, just and as long a format as you want, you don't have to simplify it by any means, just kind of give us the rundown. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so what the heck is nutrition response testing? Um, it's definitely not anything I'd ever heard of before I moved to Colorado. So I originally grew up in Nebraska and I used to go into an MD for every cough, sneeze, and ache and pain that I had. Um, and I got to a point where I was getting prescribed mm. an antibiotic twice a year. Um, and those problems just kept reoccurring. So they put this term on it called chronic. We have this chronic illness, for example, chronic bronchitis like myself. Um, so I experienced that. Um, and so that was just kind of my way of thinking, I'm gonna go to an MD. Um, and so what I do now is completely different. 
Um, so nutrition response testing is actually a non-invasive way of determining the body's kind of deficiencies, any parts of the body that need attention um, or nutrition, if you say. Um, and we can do that by just simply pushing on your arm. So what it would look like to come have an appointment with me is we do initial appointments. Um, there's two. The first day we're learning all about you. And the second day you're going to learn all about us and what we can do to help you and tell you what we found. Um, so in that first day, you're doing a heart rate variability scan where we're looking at your heart rate. That, um, then we're also looking at your nervous system. And we're looking at the parasympathetic and the sympathetic specifically. Um, and why we look at the nervous system is because the nervous system is what controls the entire body. So if your nervous system is a little bit off, you can definitely assure mm -hmm. that your whole body is a little off. Um, so we then go into the muscle testing evaluation rooms where we have a patient lay on what you would, uh, what everyone would know as a massage table where they just lay down and they're just gonna put their arms straight up in the air. Um, so then I apply some pressure to that arm that they have extended the um, air and then they kind of push back and then I can touch different parts of their body um, and I can look into their nervous system and I'm looking for a reflex and I'm looking for if that reflex is either strong or if that reflex is weak and neither is good or bad neither means um, one is better than the other but what they do signify is different parts of the testing and the very first things I look at is what's stressing out the body um, is it a food is it a chemical is it a metal um, is it a parasite is it scars, believe it or not? Um, so we look at a number of different things, um, lots of vials with a whole bunch of milliparts. So we're looking at all parts of food here to see if that person has any sensitivities to those things. And so then once I find a stressor, um, I find the solution. And that solution is a supplement or a topical oil um, or electrolytes, right? So there's different things that I'm going to fix that stressor with. But I do it in a way where I'm looking at the nervous system, then I look at the organs and which organs have their hands raised and they're like, hey, pay attention to me here first. Um, and so if I'm looking at a, for example, a heart, a liver and a thyroid, um, those three would want attention. And so I'd find their biggest stressors next. And then I'd make sure that their whole digestive system could handle the whole product um, program, which is typically about four supplements. Um, and then we talk about what that would look like at that second appointment. And I kind of break down what I found in the nervous system, what I found in each organ, and then how my supplements correlate with what I found. And then I bring them back to that scan that we did. Um, and I can actually see on a chronological age scale about how old their body is. And so this person might be 20, but how their body functions, they might be feeling 90 years old inside. Um, and so the whole idea is just to show everyone, hey, there's room for energy here. Um, mm -hmm our bodies are energy. And that's essentially what I'm reading when I'm pushing on arms. And to give the body energy, sometimes we need an outside source. And if we're gonna use a source, mm. we don't need synthetic chemicals. Mm. We're not deficient in Prozac, right? We need whole food supplements where there are no synthetic parts, where we're not just using azorbic acid and calling it vitamin C, which you'll find on the shelf of Sprouts, Walmarts, anything. Um, we are using the full parts of vitamin C. So you're gonna, body can actually utilize those out um, oh, kind of went off on a tangent, but so I write up a program um, and then what it kind of looks like, it's dependent upon each person because we all have our own microbiome, um, but healing generally takes about nine to 18 months. And that's kind of a scary number to people because in the medical field, take this antibiotic for 10 days, you're done, you'll be fine. Okay, cool. But did we actually fix the issue mm. or do we put a bandaid on the issue? And is that issue going to come back in six months or did I just 
get rid of it forever. So the whole idea is that patients are gonna be coming weekly for a while, then maybe bi-weekly, then monthly. But why is because in every time we unpeel a layer because your body is an onion, we're gonna unpeel, let's say a chemical layer, then mm -hmm. we're gonna unpeel a metal layer, and then we're gonna unpeel a parasite layer or even mold or fungus, right? Um, I don't want to put a Band-Aid on it. I wanna fix the whole issue. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's nine to 18 months. So it's kind of a commitment, but when we talk about commitment, all it means is adding some supplements in, changing some lifestyle habits, which you don't hear a lot about, right? Maybe adding in some exercise and then maybe not eating so much food mm -hmm. that comes out of cardboard or plastic. We're eating real food. Um, we're learning how to nourish our bodies rather than to take this pill and say, oh, fix me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how the body works, right? Um, so. What an appointment looks like with me is you get a full um, kind of body evaluation to see what your biggest stressors are. And then I kind of give you a rundown of what the next nine to 18 months will look like. Um, and then we get you started on your program and you might start doing detox baths at home, you might start doing ionic cleanse foot baths. Um, and you're just taking your supplements and you are filling out a food log and you are literally becoming in charge of your health. We are teaching you how to take care of you. We don't want you to be dependent on us. We want you to be only dependent so what on your session look like if you're Yeah, so remote sessions are gonna look a little different, um, but we still offer them. So I have patients all around the country, um, Texas and Washington. Um, I have a one actually in Maine. Um, and so what that looks like is, of course, I can't sit there and push on their arm. But what I am kind of doing is I'm listening to their symptoms. We have these wonderful intake forms that kind of put you into groups of kind of what you're dealing with. And it'll put you under, hey, what's her biggest stressor? Just from what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing with symptoms. So it's kind of allopathic in a sense, but also just kind of using my knowledge of what I've seen in clinic to say, hey, this person's definitely mm -hmm. dealing with parasites. Let's start there. And so we just start you on kind of a general protocol um, of, how sensitive is this person? Is this person used to taking supplements? Um, what's gonna to be too much for them? What's not gonna to be too much? What can they do in a week? What can they do in a day? Can they take supplements twice a day or are they only good for taking it once? Um, and then we're looking at food and we dive deep into food um, because we're not sitting there figuring out these stressors, right? We're just having people tell us, but we can really pay attention to how food affects us because it affects us five minutes to 40 mm -hmm. hours after we ingest it. Um, so in those appointments, I'm getting that rundown. Um, I'm envisioning that person. And I really like to ask for a picture and just ask who I'm talking to so I know who they are and what kind of what they deal with, what their skin looks like, um, how long the hair is, is their hair falling out, um, do we have acne? Um, a lot of things on the body, especially the skin, can tell us what's going on on the inside. And so um, typically every person I work with remotely needs to start with some sort of detox. Um, and really that depends on what kind of environment they live in and what they're telling me. Um, and then once we detox, we start to replenish the body. So whatever we've been deficient in for so long, this is kind of a fun point. We can, if we don't detox a person first, we're never gonna be able to take enough of the nutrients that we're deficient in because whatever's causing that deficiency is going to keep on eating everything we give it, right? So we gotta get rid of the toxicity before we try and just vitamin and mineral up, right? Because if there's a parasite inside of us that loves vitamin A, take vitamin A all day, but it's also just gonna keep eating it. We're never gonna get it over that threshold. So remove the stressor, 
And then let's come back in and see what deficiencies are actually there. Um, so we figure that out um, through phone consults, kind of the same thing. It's still follow-up appointments are about 10 minutes. And so we just 10 minutes, we go over food log, we talk about lifestyle and we talk about a goal for the next week. We are a week by week program. We work at the person's pace. Um, I couldn't stop asking somebody who ate maybe 10 cookies a day to stop to only eat one. We have to start where they're at. So it's all about starting where that person's at, looking at their lifestyle environment, same thing. It's just without the muscle testing and just using um, your knowledge of product um, and that person's sensitivities to see what they really truly need. Yeah, so I've had a lot of people detox, a lot of parasite cleanses have been very uh, successful. They see a lot of things come out of them that they never knew were in there, um, but they can be very effective and we do offer them for everyone because I've, everyone needs this. And much like in Nebraska, I think I know of one person who's just became a nutrition response testing practitioner there and they're in the Western side. So not even close to Lincoln. Um, but just wanting to get the word out and so this is do that for everyone. To my, one of my passions, and that's parasite cleanses. Um, I've, I've done a total of three yes. of them, yeah. and I've passed a whole gamut of parasites. Um, tell us how your parasite cleanse works and what one would do. Yeah. Yeah, so much like parasites, um, we have different products from different companies. So we just don't carry one product because not one product fits all. Um, so that's the same thing with parasite cleanses. There are seven different ways we can do this, but it all comes down to what does that person test for? And then if it's a person over the phone, again, you're going off of sensitivities, um, things you already know about them, really digging deep into just what they're saying and what they can do. Um, my favorite parasite cleanse um, is with a product line called Cellcor. And why I love Cellcor is um, that cleanse specifically is there's gonna be three different parasite products and then a lot of different binders and drainage with that. And before you can start detoxing a person, you really have to get their gut in a place where they can handle these things. And then two, make sure their digestive system is like open and working. It's like a funnel, a drainage funnel. If that colon's not clear, if we have somebody who's kind of alternating constipation or diarrhea, not ready to work on parasites just yet. We got to open up that funnel and make sure they are eliminating. Um, first, just because if that stuff doesn't drain out, that's what's going to cause sickness and cause um, not so fun stools later on. But so the Para One, so there's three products, Para One, Para Two, Para Three. Um, para One is all about digestive health. Um, and so that's really has mimosa putica in it which binds into your intestines, right? And it's gonna push out all of that nasty parasite biofilm in there that needs to go, right? There might be some eggs in there, might be like corn kernels when you haven't had corn for six months. Um, but it's gonna start pushing that out, okay? It looks like fuzzy almonds, it's icky. But you're gonna start cleaning out your intestines. So you might start having three bowel movements a day where you're only having one. Um, maybe you start having a little looser bowels, that's okay. Looser bowels can sometimes mean toxins, but it, there's different reasons for everyone. Um, and then para two kind of goes into our systems and our organs, um, cleansing out all of those parts. And then para three is gonna be your strongest one out of the three. And it goes into the kind of the cellular level. It's really gonna break down biofilm. Um, and it's really gonna get in there deep and really break up that mucus that parasites leave behind and that really can make people sick. Um, so really just cleaning out all of that sludge, right? So um, the cell core, Parasite one is one of the best um, that I've used myself. 
And then they also have this wonderful thing called the full moon parasite cleanse. And this is so true. If you're a parasite person, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but around the full moon, it's kind of when the parasites get out their rockets, right? And they're just dancing and they are loving it, right? Um, so the energy, their energy, that's their time to thrive. And that is your time, your best especially time to do a parasite Especially when you're on cleanse. your period for uh, the woman listeners. Yes. Especially when you're on your period, right? And then so like periods um, and menstrual cycles, you're going to see a lot of metals moving out, right? And so fun fact, mm. parasites hold on to metals so hard. Um, and so if you're doing a parasite cleanse, we should definitely be doing a metal cleanse and a whole bunch of other things. But instead of kind of looking at them as cleanses, we kind of look at mm. this as their program because we can get to a point where we just need to maybe cleanse from parasites maybe one to twice two times a year but in the beginning if parasites are such an issue it's probably because they've been there for a while they've created a home they've created a lot of friends and there's no stopping them so there's a point where your body's just gonna, it's gonna start giving all of its energy to there and then it's gonna start to get fatigued and then you're gonna start to have all these symptoms and you're like why well all those parasites got to go first. So we got to clean people out with all the nasty ones when there's a whole bunch. And then we can um, kind of do this maintenance thing where we're doing, looking at it as a cleanse, like once or twice a year. That's how I like to look at it. But in the beginning, it's, it's really about the work and getting that all out of our systems it's as just, best as we can. Just amazing. Um, so, we think that there's yeah, something ahead. in a third world country like India, but the, a lot of the food that we get, we get from Mexico. And in Mexico, they use human excrement as fertilizer. So, I mean, we're basically eating yeah. poop. Right, yeah, poop could be, <laughs> poop could be a good fertilizer, um, but it could also be like, ah. Um, the biggest thing with like products in a store is if, like the biggest thing you wanna look at is if they're organic or not, because if they're not organic, there's GMOs on them, right? We all know what GMOs are. But this is, um, so one of my biggest parasite cleanse started when I got Nexplanon birth control taken out of my arm. And so not only does it come from food, I got that, I got GMO parasites from a medication, an implant that was in my arm pumping birth control all the time, every day for two years. So it completely stopped my, or dropped, stopped my menstrual cycle. And then um, I was probably doing that for about a year. And then I'm like, you know, I should really be having a period, right? Like, great that I don't have any symptoms, but also why, why am I doing this? So I got that out and I actually went to, I think I was in a vacation and I blacked out in the middle of a restaurant. I laid on a bathroom floor for 15 minutes. And when I went back to work on Monday, I tested for parasites all on the left side of my body where that next planon was sitting. Um, so after getting that out, I finally had parasites show up and then I could handle them. So they were there, but they just weren't peeking out. They weren't the, the main issue. I had to wait until they were permanent and needed attention to really handle the ones. And so that took me about six months of detoxing parasites to get those out because of how long that um, birth control implant was in my arm. Um, so it comes from foods, right? I spent two months in Haiti and uh, I didn't really get sick. And I probably picked up a few parasites while I was there, that's for sure. But I didn't experience um, anything like vomiting or extreme explosive diarrhea. Um, but yeah, that's where you're, you're really told like, ew, don't drink the water. Ew, don't like put your feet like bare feet. Right. But no, they are everywhere and they are certainly yeah. in America, um, too. So that's kind of a scary thought, but the more, you know, we the less you pick pets. up those things. Why wouldn't we de ourselves? 
Exactly, right? And then, um, so I also test dogs uh, and cats. My very first patient, this is a fun story. My very first patient was a cat and he had just been diagnosed with cancer uh, by his veterinarian. And I just did my regular testing. Um, I was feeling pretty, uh, not very confident as this cat was just diagnosed with cancer and this is my first patient ever. Um, But I test him and the difference between veterinarian tests and a lot of medical tests is that they're really looking for parasites and fecal matter. And unless your body's able to cleanse out those parasites, you're really not going to be able to see them in your fecal matter because if they're in live tissue, why would they be in your fecal matter? So for this cat, it had, you know, where the tumor was, all I tested for in that area was parasites, just parasites. And you know, being not very, um, I didn't have a lot of experience at that time. So I was like terrified to tell this girl, like, hey, this is what I found. So she goes back to her veterinarian or whatever. And uh, they're like, uh, no, the parasite test was negative. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I, this is, I tested parasites in live tissue, like immune system needs to be built. We can apparently cleanse this out. Um, she decided to go ahead with her veterinarian and try radiation. Uh, the cat ended up dying in a week. So that's super sad, <laughs> very sad, but parasites, um, yeah, especially our animals can, they can affect us even just having them in our household. And so when cats or dogs lick our face, we can, if they have parasites and they're active and ready to get rid of them and they maybe get in our mouth, then we and might have taken in parasites from our dog. A lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, love your dog. I'm not saying don't let your dog not give you kisses, just maybe not from your eyes to your mouth or any right. orifice you have. Um, but yeah, not to be scared of them or anything, well, like but we can get they, them from anywhere. Woman, anyway. uh, not to be around litter boxes. Um, I, I forget the diagnosis, but it's like something cats can pass on to humans. You know what I'm talking about? I can't think of the word. I know what you're talking about. Yes. So Right. Cat boxes are not good for anyone, and they should uh, definitely be aired out as best as possible as you can. Um, I used to have three cats mm. and didn't know any of this, so probably a lot of parasites from then too. Um, but cats, um, their pee actually gives off a right. lot of ammonia, which is that smell, right? Well, that ammonia isn't in our brains, and that actually affects us. And so I detox people specifically from ammonia, mm. and typically they have cats. Um, and so when we have high amounts of ammonia, even kids like... Um, Children with autism, they have high amounts of ammonia in their brain. Um, but we're t- So with cats, not only is there ammonia sitting there in that litter box, there's also parasites. They're just all around it. And so if, you know, they're kicking up dust, they're walking around all over your house, you have carpet, they're just tracking it everywhere. Um, there's a good chance they're spreading some parasites around. So it really takes taking good care of your carpet if you have cats and then just really keeping that mm-hmm. litter box as clean mm-hmm. as possible. And with um, less chemicals in it, because you don't want the chemicals to absorb the right. chemicals and then give off chemicals, right? You want something to um, absorb that and, and keep it where it's like, at. With the typical um, parasite cleanse, I know you, you listed off some products, but are you, you know, completely water fasting throughout this period when you're taking these products? Are you eating normally? Are you changing your diet? Uh, Good yeah, question. I guess what would that entail? Yeah, so it really depends upon the person. If this person is super active, maybe fasting, um, like only doing like 72 hour water fast wouldn't be the best thing if they have already have low energy. Um, the other thing with parasite cleanses is they really affect your emotional health. 
um, they will really, the parasites will start to be upset and poke that bear. They're gonna start fighting back. So they're gonna start reproducing. They're gonna start messing with all of your neurotransmitters and you might be angry and you might not even know why, you might just punch a wall. Um, and so it could be parasites. So you really wanna do a parasite cleanse when you have the mental space for it, the time and the energy. Um, and then foods, um, garlic, there's a lot of good foods to eat during a parasite cleanse. Um, so like having garlic, like raw garlic, people love it. Um, you can soak garlic in honey and put it in the fridge. And that's just wonderful to have a little bit of teaspoon of that. Um, peppermint tea can help with sugar cravings. Um, it doesn't always help because sometimes those sugar cravings are a lot stronger than you. Um, but it can be helpful once you get some really like good organic peppermint tea. Um, a lot of foods you wanna stay away from. Um, so I'm more of let's not restrict down to let's just eat these certain foods, but let's look more into what should we just not add. Um, you really wanna kind of wanna stay away from sugar because parasites love sugar. Sugar is inflammatory. The minute it goes into your body, you're inflamed. Um, it's going to take you some time to detox sugar out. So if you really wanna have a successful parasite cleanse, try to limit your sugar. The next thing would be dairy. Dairy is also inflammatory. Some people are like, oh, well, I can drink four glasses of milk and be fine. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but doesn't mean your parasites aren't having a good time with that. You might've got so used to these symptoms that you don't even notice them because you're just like, oh, I just deal with it, right? Um, but really things like dairy, which are inflammatory, then they have you know, lactose in them, a little bit of sugar. Um, it really depends on the person, how well they handle those things, but try not to feed them things they love. Um, so really go back to your whole foods, stick to fruits, vegetables, um, and to stay easy on the gut, um, you really want to have cooked vegetables and then drink like beef broth, chicken broth. Um, bone broth can be okay if you're kind of more in a healed digestive state. Bone broth can be a little rough on people if you're not. Um, lots of fats, you want really good fats like avocado, you want butter. Um, that really helps to make sure all your systems are draining fantastically. Um, and then meats, I would say, um, I would kind of stay away from your like pork, unless you're really good at cooking out your meat and then you're eating grass-fed organic meats. Um, always try to choose organic grass-fed meats just because there's no antibiotics, no um, hormones. What no about medicine. sushi? Um, but <laughs> sushi, good one. question. So it all depends mm -hmm. on where are you getting that sushi? Do you know where, like what restaurant are we at? Okay, where did they buy that? How long has it been on their shelves? Um, was that wild caught or was that made, uh, or were they produced in like, a, farm, what are those called? Uh, uh, like a salmon farm, yeah. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> like a fish farm. Yeah, um, are they coming from there? Um, we don't typically know those questions. You can ask your restaurant. Um, some people are probably gonna be annoyed with those questions, but if you really wanna eat sushi, just make sure you're asking like, okay, where is this from? Um, you know, is it fresh? How long has it been out? And then, you know, look at it. And the other thing with sushi is it's going to have high amounts of, it could have high amounts of mercury, it could have high amounts of heavy metals. It really, it really all depends on where is that fish coming from. Um, if you have a good source where you get your fish, let's say we live in Maine um, or like Alaska, let's make our own, okay? Uh, but if you don't know where it's coming from, it's probably not a good thing to eat while you're trying to cleanse, just because those are added, probably toxins that you're just trying to get rid of. Um, and then definitely um, having lots of water. You could intermittent fast. Um, I intermittent fast daily. 
um, it's kind of like an keto intermittent fast. It's, I just have fats in the morning to hold my satiety. Um, so it's usually just like butter and I have um, coconut milk in my coffee and then I drink lots of water um, just to hold that over. And then I start eating at 12 and my last meal is before 8 p.m. Um, but that just gives the body a lot of time for rest and digest. And that's what you're really gonna want on a parasite cleanse is rest and digest. But sometimes they can make you super hungry and so listen to your body if you're hungry. Um, don't overeat, of course, but, um, but then again, they can make you absolutely not hungry. So that's where beef broth and chicken broth can be really helpful. Just adding a tablespoon of butter in there and then sipping that back to make sure you're getting fats and proteins to give you energy. And then you would cleanse. probably suggest a really good probiotic during that, that cleanse, something to bring back the good fat for. Yeah, so that, that again comes down. So probiotics are really... There's a time and a place for pre and probiotics. Really, we want to kind of look at the body's or at the stomach's enzymes um, and make sure that they can handle like the foods they're eating first. Um, and then, yeah, there's a there's a lot of different probiotics out there. And the biggest thing about knowing them, okay, well, maybe fifty thousand strains is not always better than 15,000 mm. strains in a probiotic. And you got to look out, okay, is this live on the shelf? And just because it's in the fridge doesn't make it a better product than something that's not. Um, and so the probiotics I have, they are that we recommend, they don't even come refrigerated. Um, so that's another thing to just know where you're getting the source from, um, what bacterias are being added, what can your body and what does your body need? And that's the best part about having a nutrition response testing practitioner is, you don't have to go through the legwork and try six different things. If you don't test for mm -hmm. it, I'm not going to recommend it to you. So um, is there is there any other forms of testing, um, like different methods, I guess, that kind of ride along with the uh, nutrition response testing? Or um, do you pretty much focus specifically on that one alone? Um, yeah. Um, so there's definitely different methods of doing what I do. I learned from Yulon Nutritional Systems in Clearwater, Florida. Um, and then I also have trained with Cellcor. Um, they also train muscle practitioners and they kind of come in as two different ways. Um, one way is really looking into the nervous system and making sure that's open and whatnot. And the second one is just, okay, let's deal with what's priority here. Like what's the biggest stressor? Let's deal with that. Um, and let's take care of the rest later on. They kind of all do the same thing. It's the same idea. It's just what works best for your practice. And I mean, what have people seen clinically? And so far, I like to implement both of them. Um, and so in the office that I practice in, I strictly practice Yulon. Um, but at home, um, when I'm testing um, my boyfriend or my family when they're here, I use um, the Cellcore way just because I see them less. Um, it really just depends on the practitioner, what they what they see. I also know practitioners around the country who maybe see people twice a month. Um, and that's always what their program is. Um, but mine is kind of, I see you a lot in the beginning and then I want to taper you off and not see you so much in the end. Um, but it all comes down to which way and it's really which way you're comfortable with and which way works for you. Um, it takes a lot of practice to figure that out. Um, but so far, I like to use multiple different things, um, just but all still with your yeah. nutritional systems um, way. And um, I, I, I don't. I think we touched on this on the last time we were on. But um, 
I'm just curious, like, um, have you had vegans come in, vegetarians, you know, pretty much full on carnivores come in? Like, what have you noticed? Um, Because do you believe there's a one size fits all or, you know, have you seen, you know, like this diet works for this person really well, whereas it doesn't work for this person as well? Um, I guess, what have you found regarding, you know, the meat eaters versus the vegan type of thing? Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to give two examples. Um, and then to answer the question, no, not one size fits all. There is not one thing that's going to work for everybody. And I also don't think that if we just eat meat, we're just going to feel better than the people who just eat vegetables. No, I think there's a balance, but there's also a time and place for maybe we're only having vegetables mm. to give the digestive system a break. Um, but there's also a reason, um, and why I believe that animal products needed. But here, I'm gonna give two examples. So the first example is I had a patient who she had the jab um, in March of 2020, okay? Doesn't come see me until mm -hmm. November of last year, 2021. And after that jab, we started having 50 to 100 seizures a day. Um, just would collapse, loses her memory, uh, 23 years old, can't go to school, can't drive a car, can't go anywhere without someone else, um, tried to commit suicide mm. with her seizure medication. Um, this person then comes sees me. Well, she's strictly vegetarian. Um, that's how she was raised. Her mom um, had always like, that's just how she grew up. So was really against animal yeah. product and whatsoever. So to be completely honest, she ended up starting care with me because the products mm. I put her on were animal products. And why she tested for those is because our bodies are animals, okay? Um, and so this is, this is controversial and I'm not gonna get into the scientific, I'm just gonna say how I see it. We are animals. We are made of animal protein. We are not plants and we cannot always utilize plant protein to its optimal potential, right? Um, and so I think that there's a time to be vegetarian. Um, veganism can become a fad almost in my eyes. Like, are we, uh, it depends on what products that vegan's eating. Um, soy is another controversial thing where that's not a replacement for meat. Um, the protein that's not, our bodies don't utilize it the way we think it does. Um, it messes with our hormones. And then um, with all meat diets, like the carnivore diet that I've heard Crazy. about where people just want to yeah. eat constant meat, right? Yeah, I think, I think Joe Rogan talked about this. Um, yeah. yeah um, so I have never met somebody personally who eats a bunch of meat, but um, I feel like our digestive system would just be right. tired and it would be worn out. And I believe that you need greens and you need vitamins and minerals. Um, and so when I say we don't always need to supplement them, no, but mm. we should definitely be eating them. Um, so then the second story is, okay, so my first person, let's call her diehard vegetarian. She didn't, she didn't want to change her ways. Okay. So my second person, I lived with this person, uh, for two years, vegetarian. Um, she did, yeah, she, she ate eggs, um, but never ate meat. Um, and one summer she got a very bad sunburn, like a third degree sunburn. And I was at work and she called me, she's like, yeah, I went to the MD. And I'm like, oh, 
what they give you. They gave her a topical ointment that actually had cancerous ingredients in it. And I'm like, you know, there's, there's a different way to heal this sunburn than putting on, you know, five cancerous ingredients onto an open wound, just in my opinion. Um, and so she completely, she was like, you know what, you're right. So she agreed to take pro the, some products and the products I put on with standard process, um, which do have animal products in them. And the best part about senior process is that they raise their animals humanely, um, completely taken care of. Um, I think they get oh, to do wow. muscle testing, um, but they are, they are treated with love and care. And there's a difference between, you know, mass industry meats. And so I kind of just gave her the analogy of, or just the idea of, Hey, we're, we're using well-fed animals, humanely raised to heal you. That's all we're going to do. So I actually healed her sunburn. And at this point she had high anxiety. She was having panic attacks four times a week. Um, and it got to a point like with that sunburn that it was panic attacks twice a day. And I'm like, take some, take some, just some simple calcium lactate for me, which helps you or utilize vitamin D. Um, got her on three products. She agreed to then start a program with me because the sunburn healed beautifully. She had a great tan afterwards. Um, she stopped having panic attacks four times a week to twice a month. And that was, that was before I was even a certified practitioner. So that was the kind of this, the idea of, yeah, I think we do need animal product. I think it comes down to if we're not feeding our bodies, everything we need, like we can be vegetarian, we can be vegan, but unless we're feeding our bodies, the right products, our bodies aren't going to thrive. Um, so no, each person is definitely different. There are times when I don't eat meat. Um, and there are times when I eat a lot of meat, uh, it all depends down to what does my body want? What do I need to function? And how does my body feel without yeah, these things? Like that that trust, trust your gut, you know, and, uh, um, I love how nutrition testing is like based on, uh, you know, feeling what's right for you. Like it goes beyond this like rational, you know, typical approach, like, let's just give you a quick fix and get you the hell out of here. Like, yeah, let's just try, try this general protocol that worked for five right. other people and let's see if that works. No, it doesn't work. Um, it does it. And then just another thought on the vegan, um, veganism and whatnot. Um, I had a, I have a vegan friend who lives down in Boulder and they haven't ate meat for two years. They did drop like a hundred pounds, but the the kid's back is covered in acne and um, just a mm -hmm. lot of skin issues. And then his mental health is just, he's just yeah. a little, he's an anxious human being, right? Um, and he just can't get those things under control. And I just wonder what it would be like if he added in, you know, some healing like animal fats or some, you know, some bone broth just to like get some protein into him. And I really yeah. like to see what that did for him. Um, but yeah, it works for him. He, he loves it. He thinks it's great, but then there's always going to be that mm. person. Well, you could do this better, right? It's if that person likes it, if that person likes it, then who are you to say? Um, so we do have different products in our office and I can completely keep someone vegetarian vegan. Um, they just might not have as best results mm. as somebody doing any and, products. Um, I think we touched on this as well, well in the last episode, but um, I wanted to hit on it again. Um, I, I believe, I don't know if this is the right terminology, but um, there's some sort of test out there to test like your blood type and find what you're deficient in. Are you familiar with 
like these kind of tests and what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, so there's, I have never done one myself and I'm no pro at them by any means. Um, there's people who will bring me blood tests and um, I generally go over them with our doctor in the office. And the biggest thing like they'll see is, oh, I have uh, like different cholesterol levels. There's food sensitivity tests. Are we just talking blood tests like THS levels? Um, yeah, yeah. Is that just like uh, deficiencies. I, I, I don't know the right terminology on uh, the, the type of test. It okay. is. I just know that uh, it's based on your blood type as far as like what your deficiencies are. Yeah. Okay. I might've been answering that a little wrong. Um, so if someone did a test like that, I haven't seen one myself in clinic um, just yet, but if they did that again, I would bring them back to the conversation. Okay. Why are we deficient in it? Is it because your body just isn't able to handle it? Well, why isn't your body able to handle it? Is there something stealing it? Um, is there a parasite that's wanting to eat at it? Is there a mold that's kind of like overtaking it? Um, is there a bacteria that wants to eat all that vitamin A? Well, that's where I go back to. Um, we can be deficient. We can take vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C all day long. And we think we're building our immune system, right? But if our body cannot pass that threshold of using it, it's pointless. And then most of the products that people are getting are just like nature's wellness, not to rag on many brands, but, um, you know, different things. They just have fillers they have crap in them and they're just wasting your money and you're just going to end up urinating them out um and so they'll bring those like why i have a lady who's like well i need to be on vitamin c and i'll be like let me test your vitamin uh point here today oh it's a 10 we're doing great well i need vitamin c everyone says i should have taken vitamin c and i said yeah you should um if you need it i said do we are we eating foods with vitamin c in them well yeah i said that's good enough for me because this person is very parasitic and cannot let go of parasites. Um, and so I'm trying to keep her on the track of, hey, let's focus on what's causing the deficiency here first before we get too caught up on, oh, I'm low in this. Yeah, you're low in it for a reason. We got to figure out that reason. Um, and so then I've also seen with people um, who've been very vitamin B deficient. Um, that's a lot of vegetarians and vegans. Uh, that once we could add vitamin B in, just like my old roommate, um, that's really where a lot of her energy came from. Um, but she was also going, she did a parasitic cleanse, moved some stuff out, and then we started adding vitamin B and her body was able to obtain it and she didn't need it after a period of time. Uh, it's usually about three to four months. I like to touch on fasting. Um, I've seen a lot of different okay. data on you know certain windows, 12, 14, 16, 18. Is there, um, a, how do you determine how long you should fast for? Yeah, again, I really put that back to what is this person's activity? You know, how much movement do they get in a day? What foods are they actually eating? Is this, are we, is it a full fast? Um, and then what is their, like, their times of potential? Like what, what times of the day are they thriving and when do they need the most energy? So I'd really focus it around their lifestyle. Um, I wouldn't want to put somebody on a 16 hour fast, you know, um, who's not ready for it, who exercises, you know, twice a day, um, is doing outside movement all day, um, talking. I wouldn't want to put their body in such a deficit so long. So maybe like an eight hour fast for like, you know, it really comes down to lifestyle. Like I said, um, 
just really how much energy are they putting out and then how much energy are they needing to take in to obtain that. Um, I also work with a super a Superman doctor who he can do a 72 hour water fast and not be have no problem at all. Um, but this guy's worked on his health for 12 to 13 years. So it really comes down to where are we at in that healing process? What can we handle? How much energy do we need to take in? Um, and then how fulfilling mm -hmm. is this actual fast? And how am I feeding myself? Um, so it really comes yeah, down to the Coffee is another controversial one, uh, just caffeine in general. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on caffeine? And, um, you know, do you think it works for some and not for others? Or we're just not meant to have it, but we all just love it so much so we keep on <laughs> relying on it to yeah, energize so, ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm about, um, I'm about 25 years old. And I have been drinking coffee since I was seven. Yeah. I love so. <laughs> coffee, right? Um, but there are times when that mm. coffee has not loved me. Um, coffee can really induce someone's anxiety. Coffee, the caffeine can really make people super anxious. It can make them jittery. Um, again, it all comes down to what is our sensitivity to it? And if a person can handle caffeine, great. I know a lady who drinks three coffees a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, wow. then one at 8 p.m. at night. Um, and I used to be able to do that, but now caffeine affects me where I have one cup in the morning and I'll tell you why. Um, and I don't have any for the rest of the day and I don't really drink caffeine. So I used to love pre-workout. I'd take three mm. scoops of Hyde, if you know what that is. Um, it's some pretty intense pre-workout I did there in college um, and it wouldn't phase me. And then I knew a kid who did two scoops mm. and he'd black out in the middle of lifting. And I'm like, whoa, like, I don't, like, he weighed wow. uh, almost 80 pounds more than me. So it was very confusing. It was before I knew what I knew. So I you know, I always started my day with coffee. I was a barista for like eight years. Um, so always around coffee, loved it, loved it, loved it. And there's just some coffees that affected me and then some that didn't. Um, so have you ever heard about Folgers coffee? <laughs> Do we know the jingle? Poison in your cup. Okay, so there we go. So there's different reasons why coffee can be good or bad or not so friendly. Um, so Folgers, for example, is made with a lot of GMOs. Um, another instance, um, yeah. do we all know what bulletproof coffee is? We've heard yeah. of bulletproof, Dave Asprey, right? I don't think he's involved with that anymore, but so bulletproof and why that was so great is because it was a super clean coffee. And what that means is it wasn't have a lot of mold or mycotoxins. Mycotoxins are the parts of mold and spores that actually can cause illness and sickness mm. and long-term issues like parasites. Um, so coffees can have a lot of mold and whether they're organic or not, how long have they been on that shelf? Six months after they've been bagged is we're good. We don't need any more. If it's a longer date than that, mm -hmm. probably has some pesticides in there. Um, but coffees can be really good. Um, for example, bulletproof, I do okay with. I don't like to have more than one cup, that kind of, which is a lower caffeine, but that one just affects me. Um, there's another one that's called Life Boost, which is probably the cleanest coffee I've ever heard of. Um, and it is low acid, it's grown in shade. There is no mold, it passes mycotoxin tests completely. It's very, very clean. Um, highly recommend, I have a discount code for that. Um, and then for, there's another one, if you've heard of the paleo cardiologist, um, he just did a large talk with mycotoxins on Cellcore, but he has a coffee. I haven't quite tried it myself, but um, if paleo cardiologist is recommending it, we know it's gotta be okay, right? Uh, the biggest thing is to look at it is mold toxicity. 
um, how well you do with caffeine and why are you sensitive to caffeine? Is it from overdoing it? Is it from something causing it? Um, I really look at, you know, what's, what's causing this deficiency or the, the sensitivity there. Um, and then if you like coffee, I think everyone yeah. should enjoy some coffee, right? But, you know, it's just like anything. If you're going to have something, you don't want to have too much of something um, because your body's going to get used to something and then it's going to create different systems in its body to deal with it, work with it, and then maybe it causes Moderation. a problem later down the road. Um, so just, you know, variety, maybe add some different things in there. Um, but person of habit, I personally switch between um, espresso or mm. um, regular yeah. coffee myself or teas, lots of tea. A fun fact, be careful with teas though, because flavored mm. teas have a lot of gluten in them. Yeah. So what do you, do you think about Turex? Because aren't you punching a plastic container and then drinking some of the plastic in the cup? Yeah, so I used to have a Keurig. Um, I stopped using it before I knew um, all the things, but I stopped using mm. it because of that plastic taste. Um, once that hot water hits that plastic, you're then kind of dissolving chemicals into your cup. Um, if that's the person's go-to, you know, okay. Um, again, what coffee are you using in there? I don't believe. I don't know if Bulletproof has like K-cups or whatnot. Um, I'm not sure. Um, and then if you're using like one of those uh, screens that you can add your own coffee in, just yeah. make sure you clean that really well. Uh, it all, again, it all can, comes down to what coffee is in. How is that coffee produced? How is it stored? Um, how is it taken care of? And can you trust yeah. the person that it came from? It kind of takes just knowing what you're drinking. And then really, if you're using a Keurig, you should be cleaning it more so. so I, I know I know, sugar is a big thing we hit on and how much damage that's done um, in our culture uh, with all the diabetes and, uh, you know, how it can lead to parasites and excessive amounts of consumption. Uh, what are you, your thoughts on, like, the sugar-free drinks, like energy drinks or, you know, diet sodas, like, uh, like any of the sugar substitutes, like what are the right ones and what are ones to avoid in your opinion? Yeah. So there are like 61 hidden names for sugar. Um, so when you see something that's sugar-free, I would definitely go through that label and make sure that none of those words in there are hidden sugar names. And then also just knowing, mm -hmm. you know, what does that word mean? going to put it in your body you probably want to know what it is um some big no-nos um i would definitely not take or i'd never drink sweet and low equal the blue one i don't even know what that one is <laughs> there's like the blue yellow i would never drink splenda um why are some other ones the biggest thing in diet yeah. soda is aspartame um yeah. and it's just like a I'll neurotoxin and it's if you want your brain to degrade mm drink diet pop. It's just what you can do to really kickstart that off. Don't recommend that for people, but if you mm. want, keep drinking diet soda. Um, it is so, so detrimental to your brain. Um, think about the aspartame and then the effects of sugar itself, and then you're putting a neurotoxin and chemicals into your body. Uh, that's a no-no for me. Um, so different swaps, kind of sugars that I use. You want to stay natural, but to be honest, sugar is sugar. The body is going to recognize 
a honey, just the same as it's gonna recognize sweet and low, but it just might not do as much damage as the sweet and low, right? Um, so sugars, it all depends upon the person again. Um, stevia is a huge one. Powdered stevia, no. Liquid stevia, yes. Liquid stevia, um, depending on where it's sourced from, there's a Sprouts brand and they have different flavored ones. I would just be careful to see what kind of flavors are being added. Um, even if something says natural flavors, you don't always know that it's naturally derived. Um, monk fruit can be really good for some people. Um, there's, I think there's monk fruit powders, monk fruit, monk fruit liquid, um, and then honey. And then I, I'm a big fan of coconut sugar just because I don't use a bunch of sugar. Um, it's the only sugar I actually keep in the house apart from honey. Um, I've never really played around with stevia and monk fruit just because it has a flavor like sweet and low or like mm. Splenda to me, that fake yeah. sugar. Oh, I just don't like it. Um, so I can do with the coconut or the honey because it's like a natural flavor to me. It just depends on your preference. And then there are people who don't do good with sugar alcohols like monk fruit or stevia. So those, they'd be more likely to do better with coconut um, sugar or figs or um, dates. Agave nectar. Um, if you're gonna have sugar, have a mm -hmm. have a golden sugar. What about what about agave? Nectar? <laughs> Make it work. Okay, so I used to love agave, and then essentially, um, I might be wrong about this, but uh, agave is not sugar. I'm pretty sure it's kind of like a grain, and like I didn't learn much mm -hmm. after that because once I heard it, I was done with it, and I don't get a lot of questions on it. Um, Agave is not great. Yeah. <laughs> I was just curious. I've say. never tried it. I've seen it next to the the honey and the the sugar alternatives. So yeah, yeah, it's it's become a huge thing. Um, and like I believe that I used to work at Source Eat Fit yeah, yeah, in Lincoln. Yeah. I remember that. Place. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Um, so I used to work there, and they did their all their protein balls. Not to tell on them, but um, we're all uh, made with agave and I'm like oh this is genius and then I learned about mm -hmm. agave and I'm like oh maybe not so much yeah. um but it just depends on what you know right um but yeah again the the best sugar is gonna be the ones that your body can handle and always go mm -hmm. as natural as possible um anything that comes in a plastic bag on a table just you're better off yeah. just not drinking it at yeah, all good good response to that uh, that's something I struggle with um uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of energy drinks um, and it's like, it's, it's a daily struggle. It's like one day, one day I'm good with coffee. Then the next I'm back on a 300 milligram sugar-free energy drink. And it's like, that's a lot of caffeine. <laughs> I feel it, dude. Like I, I used to, it. I used to drink those rains or uh, those bang energy drinks. And those things feel like cocaine in a can, like, <laughs> like, yeah, those have some interesting like ingredients. Um, after, so oh, I used yeah. to love yeah. monsters, um, like the white and the purple ones. Yeah, I would have that, and then I'd have my pre-workout, and then I'd go lift. Too much, too much. Um, really surprised I didn't just have heart <laughs> failure in the middle of the gym. But um, yeah, so then I got on to bangs, and I'm like, you know, these mm. just taste yeah. like pure sugar in a can. Um, and then just, you know, going on later down the road, just learned they're not the best thing you can have. So for energy, energy drink wise, um, I don't even, I don't even recommend energy drinks to people. If I'm really looking at a swap that somebody needs to make, you know, quicker than later, um, is electrolytes. 
and there's there's some pretty good electrolytes. There's also some really bad electrolytes. Um, Dr. Price's electrolytes, Lulam and Lime, are my favorite. Mm. Highly recommend those for anybody. Um, it kind of tastes like lemon lime Kool Aid, um, and it's not so much you're going to get an energy kick, but it is a sweetness that you can kind of stevia in it that you can swap out for an energy drink. Best yeah, advice. I also wanted to hit on, um, which I think we kind of talked about this pre-show, but just how, how much our holidays are just based around <laughs> unhealthy eating. And it's like, you know, for anyone like that's on a fast and, you know, Thanksgiving's <laughs> that week, it's like good luck <laughs> pulling through and uh, staying strong throughout that. Or, you know, 4th of July, like you name it, like they all seem to have whether just just unhealthy eating in general. Um, and I think that's, I think we need to bring in uh, a new perception uh, with holidays and, you know, encouraging healthier, healthier options at the table in those situations. Yeah. So kind of like, I totally agree. So when we get to October, November, December, January, February, and then Easter, what are all of those holidays? What do you see in the Candy. stores just ready yeah. to be sold? Candy. And then when we go to the doctor and we go to school, well, it's immune, it's immune season. Like we gotta, yeah. it's cold and flu season. Well, why is it cold and flu season all of a sudden around these months? What are we doing? Oh, yeah. we're eating a shit ton of sugar. <laughs> Got it. I like to call it the sugar season. You know, it's not actually yeah. a holiday season, it's a sugar season. And then we have all of these advertisements about, oh, you got to bake these cookies. You got to, you know, make all of these different foods, these sauces, these spices, these jams, add this on there. You know, you're probably going to gain 20 pounds, but don't worry about it. Come January 1st, you'll just forget everything and you're going to start new. That <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> um, so how we get people prepared is in September, we really start talking about immune building just because it's when kids are back in school, you know, and, you know the V protocols are hot and heavy. Um, but other than doing things like that, what foods can we eat? And so uh, we do a couple of lectures around that time just to like get the you know conversation started that, hey, we're walking into sugar season. Um, and just knowing that um, before you go, if you're like, oh man, I don't wanna do that this year, eat before you go. Like, yeah, you're gonna miss out on a lot of the things you really like, but you can go have a tiny portion of those and still enjoy it. You just don't have to overdo it, right? Nobody needs a cup and a half of mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's a, the sugar bombs, essentially. But I love potatoes. I could definitely right. eat a cup and a half of mashed potatoes, exactly. but do I okay, need it? Guys. No. Um, like in holidays, um, what I go into them and how I prepare people is just like the best thing you can do is really eat well the days before you're going to go eat those things because it's going to help fight cravings, going to help fill you up better than a whole bunch of processed foods are. Um, so if you go and eat right before you go and you drink lots of water, go on a walk, get some movement in your body, you're not going to be as likely to want those things. And it's going to take some, you know, some self-will um, and really some self-discipline, but you can do it. Um, and it's okay if you have, you know, like a couple spoonfuls of something, you know, moderation. If you grew up for 20, you know, 26 years eating all that. And then three years later, you're like, yeah, I'm healthy. It might be a little hard, but it depends on the person and you know how strong-willed they are. But for the average person, um, they're not gonna wanna say no to grandma's pie. Totally get it. Um, but just be prepared to like reset your enzymes after that. 
um, to really just eat as healthily as you can when you're not at those functions and it's gonna help you stay on track better. Um, but really eating before you go somewhere is a lot better than trying to bring food that you want to eat because as soon as you see all that other good stuff, right. I know where I would go, for, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you want to you want to be prepared. You want to you want to have all the good things. Um, if you're intermittent fasting, definitely go <laughs> after you've eaten your in your first yeah. two hours. That's just going to be 100%. completely out of whack for you. Um, but yeah, but for those seasons, it's like, how do we change that? And it's, it's really about, there's so many healthy recipes that you can make from mm -hmm. the sugars that I talked about earlier. Um, and that I love like baking with, like, I don't keep refined sugar in my house. I don't have vegetable oils, canola oils. Um, if it's not healthy, it's not on my shelf because I, right. I'm not a snob. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like, I'm just like, oh, I'm not eating that. It's no, I want to eat that, but I absolutely mm -hmm. know what it does to my body. Like, it gives me anxiety and I will have anxiety two days after eating three brownies and I just can't handle it. It's just like alcohol, um, which is also in the sugar right. season. We're having alcohol elixirs, right? Um, alcohol just destroys my body. I probably haven't drank in a month and a half, um, but I'm out after just one margarita. And like, um, what's funny because we talked about sugar is the only alcohol I really drink is tequila and it's agave. <laughs> Right, it's not funny, but it is yeah. kind of a clear alcohol. That's, um, that's funny the, too, because you know, the you guys should eat the word and we're talking about parasites. <laughs> Don't eat the word after. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm doing yeah, all the wrong things. Uh, no, really, yeah, really clean red wine. Um, but um, sorry, where were we at? Bring we me back. Were, Bring me back. Um, you were you were talking about uh, agave or how you realized tequila from agave. Um, an alcohol season tying into sugar season. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, getting prepared is making different recipes and trying different things. Um, like I made a coffee cake because that's what my stepmom usually makes for Christmas. Um, but instead we used organic and like flours, gluten-free flours and coconut sugar. Oh, yeah. And it was way better than the other stuff, way better. Um, and once you stop eating mm. so much of that, it doesn't taste as good. Oh, uh, yeah. Once you start eating real whole foods, it's going to change your whole palate of what you're mm. eating. Um, I used to hate avocado, thought it was the most disgusting thing in the world. Oh, now yeah. I can just eat spoonfuls of it with everything bagel seasoning, right? So good. Um, but yeah, so just learning how to make new recipes, eating before you go anywhere, that's going to have things mm. that you definitely want to snack on. Yeah, um, that's, really how I, helpful. that's how I um, felt about uh, uh, soda. Like, I can't even have like two sips of a Mountain Dew or any, you know, Pepsi, any of that crap anymore. Like growing up, I would, you know, down like six of those in a night. Like, it's just crazy how you adapt and yes, change absolutely. as you get older. Some people don't. <laughs> Ooh, yes. So like, I have to tell this story because it's just recent. So I've had like a number of like, probably like seven patients who I'm constantly looking at their food logs mm. and I just see Chick-fil-A on there. And I'm like, what? I had never had, had Chick-fil-A. Um, yeah. They had it in Nebraska, but it was- I don't see what all the talks about. It wasn't my, wasn't my jam. It was a Raising Cane kind of girl because yeah. uh, of the bread. I love the bread. <laughs> don't so much anymore. But uh, so like I, I actually tried Chick-fil-A um, about a month ago. Oh my God, what do they do? It's so much, like there has to be so right. much MSG on that chicken sandwich. 
I don't like chicken sandwiches and that mm. was good. And I'm angry. Right. So I go and I'm honest to my patient, like, Hey, you see, you went to Chick-fil-A three times. It's like, like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I try. I'm like, Oh no, you're good. That's one less than last week. And by the way, I tried it and I'm not judging you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, gosh, but yeah, foods change. Um, and like, I never, I never thought Chick-fil-A mm. would be right. a winner. Um, but in all of, of all the fast food places, um, they do use peanut oil to um, kind of fry their stuff in and seed oils can be omega-6s and be free radicals mm. in our brain and don't want that. Um, but they're not so, it's not so yeah. nasty as other places. I'm not explaining it. It's like <coughs> a little bit higher quality and I didn't feel right. as crappy as I would if I ate McDonald's. Yeah. I haven't Maybe ate McDonald's that. in 10 years. It's been a very, um, very so long never. time not good yeah after i see that documentary yeah. it's never good <laughs> yeah the human dna and big gondons just not for me uh, not. yeah uh this has been a very great conversation um very informational and um i had a few last quick questions here at the end um i just wanted to ask like if you ever have you know people that have only been seeing doctors their whole life and, you know, think chiropractic work is quackery and nonsense. Um, and have you ever seen someone like this come in and then they totally shift their perspective once they see the results in their life and their health impacted in a positive way, thanks to you guys and the work you guys are doing. Um, has there been any of that that you've experienced? Yeah, so um, I had a lady, she's probably 30. Um, she started care with us and she had, was diagnosed with Graves' disease, was on X, Y, and Z medication for it. A whole number of symptoms, a lot of chest pains. Um, and then she's like, I'm gonna try this, this natural route. And usually where people find us is, I've been to the medical doctors, I've done the surgery, I've done this testing, I've been to this specialist and they're just like, I need something different. And that's where people usually come out of the woodworks for us is they're just not, oh, natural health right off the bat, you bet. No, they're like, I had to go through more to get to here. Like they've been through the medical ringer. And like, that's, that's so true of all the practitioners in my office. Um, we've all kind of just seen that ourselves and we're, we're done. But it's a lot of people who come strictly from that world who are like, I need to change. Someone said, come try this, so I'm gonna try it. And that's where we see people. Um, so that person, particularly with Graves' disease, um, it took me three months to get her. Um, we don't claim to take people off medication. And of course it's, it's with medical doctors, you know, they're working side by side with them on that. Um, but to get somebody weaned off of a thyroid meant it's hard because, and just like a, um, an SSRI or any um, antidepressant, um, the kind of how we're typically weaned off of medications is they go from, you know, a full one to a three quarters to a half to a quarter and then nothing. Well, your body is still getting something from that quarter of that product or that, that medication. So that's typically why people go back on it. Cause they're like, Oh no, I did terrible off of it. Well, yeah, you did terrible off of it. Cause you, you went from quarter to nothing. Um, so this girl easily just, um, I won't get too into specific, but just weaned her down and weaned her down and weaned her down. She is no longer on thyroid medication for thyroid. She has no longer has grave symptoms. Um, she came in 
not too recently and she was like oh I started having symptoms again like that and I'm like oh no remember those are your parasites that we found in the very beginning I said they're back um, they're not so much back they're just there's some more that need to be handled um, so we started her again on a parasite cleanse and symptoms were gone um, so it all comes down to why mm -hmm. do we need that thing what's causing us to need that thing let's go back there and start there first and then eliminate all the things um, so that's just kind of one where yeah I see a lot of people who are like Mo I literally have a nurse practitioner um, she's probably in her closer to 40s um, so I told her to start eating butter and start eating a lot of butter because she wasn't eating fats at all and she's like well my cardiologist would not uh, like agree with you and I said yeah probably not um, I'm not a cardiologist I'm not a medical doctor um, but try it let me know how it goes two weeks later I love butter. I'm feeling so good. My joints feel good. I have energy. And I'm like, butter is our friend. Yes. Um, but I've just, yeah, I've seen, I have a couple of different nurse practitioners um, that come with me and um, can get tested by me and which is absolutely, you know, amazing. Um, I don't have any medical training, but what I do have is, you know, natural health training and just seeing it from my own eyes. Um, so me coming from, to pull us back from that very beginning story I told about chronic bronchitis my mom would tell me to go to the doctor anytime, you know, I just sneeze, cough. I'm like, whatever, I'll go. But I didn't understand it. And I always had to take these antibiotics to finish. And I didn't understand it. And I always had severe depression and nobody knew. I always had extreme anxiety and nobody knew. Well, I just decided one year in college, I was done with the doctor. And I was just like, I'm just whatever. Um, and at this time I had a lot to drink. So I had gained a lot of weight. Um, and so I was continuously getting sick. I kept getting chronic bronchitis, but I wasn't taking the antibiotics, but it, you know, it kept coming, but then I'd go. Um, fast forward to like five years and being on a program, I no longer identify with bronchitis, anxiety, depression. Um, it's what am I doing to feed myself, my body, and how am I taking care of myself to build my immune system? And parasites are a part of your immune system. So if you're not taking care of them, you are not okay. taking care of your immune system. Um, you know, one thing I thought of too, um, I don't think we've hit on in either episode, but um, you know, living, living in a place like Colorado and having all the cannabis around, you know, recreational and medical. Um, I have a, a friend of mine here in Nebraska. Um, I, I had never seen anything like it, but he, he, all, he was a daily smoker and had been for years. And out of nowhere, he would just get like super sick um, from um, smoking cannabis and um, he, he was diagnosed um, with this condition by the doctor. I, I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but it's super rare. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this or have anyone coming in with complaints related to using cannabis. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, genetically modified cannabis these days and, you know, the stuff they're spraying on it, um, you know, you know, there's a whole um, vape outrage a few years back with the vitamin E acetate. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to get your views on if you've witnessed anyone in that regard coming in complaining about um, health effects from cannabis. Um, I personally have not seen anyone complain about cannabis um, in terms of not being able to handle it. Um, I do know somebody personally who just continued mm. to start coughing a lot and coughing and coughing and coughing. Um, and then this person like blacked out once and I'm like, okay, like something's off. And so 
just kind of doing like at home testing. This isn't clinical. Um, but his endocannabinoid <laughs> word makes me giggle because I can't say it system. properly. There, you go. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so I was a little shaky. Um, it really, it came down to, he had got a vape from mm. California that he was using, um, which again, like you said, the vitamin E acetate and then um, just oh. all of the other things in there, not strictly pure cannabis. Um, and so once stopped doing that, once started smoking flour and just sticking to like, you know, very basic um, flour, the cough kind of went down and then again, more parasites to deal with. Mm. Um, parasites are a lot of the answers, uh, but that's really helped calm that down for him. I don't know specifically about what your guy was handling, but what I see most in clinic around cannabis is, do you, do you, do you recommend cannabis? I'll be like, <laughs> well, I don't not recommend it. Um, so how I look at it is, mm cannabis saved my life um it's the only thing that could calm down my brain and not make me want to do things that all the things I was eating all the things that I was doing was making my brain lead me, me to believe that I needed to do um without it I couldn't start my days I was nauseous for five years straight every single day um I had no idea why but the only thing that helped me was cannabis um and so I'm not against cannabis I'm really for it for handling you know I'm not so much calling it a band-aid, but more of a like a healing tool to help calm down um, a person's thoughts if that's kind of the main thing, or we can use CBD, to, you know, for homeostasis um, and just, you know, um, different hemp oils. Um, but the biggest thing is I tried medication, I tried SSRIs, I stared at walls for hours a day where I just sit here and stare at people. I don't care if you're talking to me. I don't care if my phone rang. I didn't care if I had class. That's all I would do because these pills wow. just made me want to be a robot and stare at a wall. Um, but cannabis <laughs> made me have a personality, yeah. <laughs> right? I could laugh. Um, I could have fun. I could go work yeah. out and not be in pain. Um, I could go to class and pay attention and focus, which I know sounds wild, but it's the only thing that calmed me down to where mm. I could actually want to do schoolwork um, because other, the most other time, wow. this is what my body felt like. Um, so then when I moved to Colorado, this is prior to being on any nutritional program, um, I was heavily smoking, um, dabs, um, wax. And so, you know, you're lighting up butane, you know, straight under the, the glass and then, you know, whatever right. your cannabis is coming from, um, depending on how it's right. made, what solvents are used, you know, all the things, um, how it affects your system that just got to be. To a point where I wasn't doing anything. Your tolerance you know, was so high. That. Yeah, I'm sure. So high. It's like, ah, what am I? What am I gonna do? Well, luckily, I walked into a program. <laughs> um, so my need to calm down by way of cannabis per day decreased dramatically. Um, and so instead of having to start my day with cannabis, I didn't. I waited till the end of the day. It was like a glass of wine for people. So you call it. Um, I wasn't dependent upon it to calm me down, uh, to have a conversation to make me not shake. Um, it just got me through the years of my mm. life where I didn't know what to do um, or where to go. Um, and now when people ask for it in clinic, I'm honest about that. Um, I do, do still smoke recreationally. Um, it's not a dependent thing for me. Not so much that I was addicted, but more so just right. for a mood stabilizer. Um, but how I recommend it in clinic mm. is to make your own edibles. Edibles in dispensaries have bunch of sugars 
Um, in Colorado, actually on the label, you cannot use GMOs to produce cannabis here. Um, I like to believe that's very true. So I stick to like buds. If I do a wax, I'm looking more for a clear one than a, a darker one, just because it's more, um, even like distillate, just pure THC, which can really yeah. give you a high tolerance. Yeah. Um, so be careful with that, um, is a good option just because mm. it's going to be the cleanest version. Um, but yeah, so I have my own edible recipes um, with distillate or with bud. Um, and I recommend people just making it, but being very careful with it in the beginning, um, you know, of trying it. And if you're going to smoke it, um, just being safe and cleaning it, make sure there's no mold. And, and if you're using a grinder, not so much a metal one because metal shavings oh, will get into your weed and then you're smoking metals. Um, and if you're using a titanium thing on like for your dab, instead of a glass or a quartz, mm. you're gonna get titanium into your body. Um, so I did detox titanium for a while because that's what I was smoking out of for two years. Um, so that did show up in my testing. Um, <clears throat> but you don't think about that when you're doing it because you're like, oh, there's no way I'm getting this, but you are. Um, so again, just how are you smoking it? Where is it coming from? Um, and then how does it affect you? Mm. Because it does not affect everyone the same. Um, I had a friend who smoked it once, went completely, hidden her room for like six hours and you know you don't yeah. say hi that long but that's how yeah. scared she was um so it's just going slow playing with what you can do and then always sticking yeah. to as organic great, as possible. great advice as always Kristen um so happy to have you back on this has been a fabulous episode <laughs> yes uh it's so fun <laughs> yeah I'm exactly we got one on your belt <laughs> now too so uh, this this is my uh Final question here. Um, it's kind of been a tradition lately. Um, I always ask uh, every guest, um, do you have any daily spiritual practices that kind of help keep you grounded throughout the chaos in the world? Yeah. Um, so like I said about that coffee, um, in the morning, I like to get up 30 minutes before I have to do anything else. Um, and I make, you know, my coffee or my hot tea, whatever. I just make a warm drink because I like to be, I, the first thing I like to have is warm stuff, otherwise it's room temperature water. Um, but then I go sit by my, I have a little window in my room with all my plants. And then I actually sit there um, and do a 10 minute meditation um, and then do some yoga stretches um, and just set my intentions for that day. And then um, on my mirror, I have a sign, uh, which I have my goals too, but which I think is, huge um, is evolve or repeat and am I going to evolve today or I'm going to repeat everything that I did yesterday that I wanted to change and that goes with am I going to be kinder am I going to listen am I going to be more patient uh, my words for the year are patience and tenacity um, so how am I going to use patience in the world um, and just how can I be different from I was yesterday I can be better from when I was yesterday and um, yeah the world is crazy I work in you know, a health field. Um, it's not as crazy as the medical doctors. It looks a lot different in the holistic side, but at the same time, we're still treating those people. And it is, it is a hard day when your nurses walk in and just tell you all of the BS that they've been through. Um, so really in the mornings, I'm setting my intention for that day, what patients I have, what I want to give to them. Um, and then just being calm and patient because we're not in control of what's going on here. You're just... We are here to support each other Beautiful. and help each well other. Well said, and uh, yeah, um, I hope the listeners got um, you know something from this one. I think you know there's a lot 
a great, great thing shared and so much to take from this episode. Um, so happy to have you back. Um, I always love talking about these topics with you and picking your brain. Um, I, I can just see your growth and, um, you know, the few months it's been since you were on last time, you know, you just continue to blossom and, yeah. um, it's awesome to see what you guys are doing. And, uh, I'd love to come visit sometime and, you know, get one of these practices done because, yeah. you know, it's, I gotta be about it myself as well and stop just talking about it. So, uh, would be happy to pay you a visit. Yes. Um, and I wanted to give Joy also a chance to say her last words as well. It's been a real pleasure. I, I love how you embody letting food be thy medicine. And it's just so important in these times now to really think of your body as a temple. We're always looking for the quick fix that we were talking about instead of looking at the foods and the lifestyle, the supplements, yeah. and the thoughts and the practices. So thank you for embodying that, sweet sister. It's been a, it's been an honor. Yes, you guys, I yes. love today. This is so fun. Thank you for having me and opportunity to speak on what I do. Because um, like I said, it absolutely changed my life. Um, and Andre and I have known each other for a few years. Um, I'm sure I'm um, even him. <laughs> Did you have Tommy Chong on your podcast? Like I was just <laughs> blown away by this, right? Um, yeah. Just the growth we've both seen in last um man I just want to keep sharing it and thank you for this opportunity to share what I do because it's not well known especially in um, our area where um, we're from Nebraska so um if you're hearing this and you want to know more um you can message me on I think I have Instagram or Facebook um or even I work at Inside Health in Loveland Colorado um but if you want to have more conversations I'm here to have them because I'm a new person 100%. And so thank you for listening and yes. um, sticking with me. So happy to always uh, have these conversations. And, you know, um, I love what you're doing in the world. And I hope you continue to do the good work you're doing because, you know, I think there's no better time than ever to be doing what you're doing and uh, to give people great alternatives to, you know, the decisions we have to make for what's best for us in our individual lives on whether it's in regards to our health, you know, um, are we living in fear or love? Um, you know, how are we approaching, you know, what we can do to change ourselves to be better humans on all levels, um, health specifically with what's going on right now. And, um, I just want to thank you all for listening out there. Um, I really appreciate every one of you. And I hope you find some presence throughout this day, um, you know, find some gratitude within your heart and share some love today um, with your fellow neighbor, you know, open the door for someone, um, you know, give thanks and gratitude um, for everyone that's helped you out in life, you know, don't be afraid to step out of line and, you know, be kind and, uh, you know, just embrace that, that and, you uh, yeah, I just want to leave you all with some good words and um, I send you all peace and love. Thank you for listening. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.